All right. You can be opening up your Bibles to the letter to the Ephesians. We're going to be getting into chapter 5 today. So uh, we've had a long study. We've got a few more weeks to study in this letter. I hope it's been a good study for you. I think Ephesians is a, is a wonderful letter to study. You have, as we've talked about the first three chapters or so, talking about the blessings that we have in Christ, right? The wonderful riches that we have in Christ. And I don't know if that's something that we think about often, do we? You know, we, we go through life and, and we, we're thankful that he has saved us. We're thankful that he sent his son. We're thankful for the church, for our friends, but we don't necessarily think about how richly blessed we are as children of God. You know, you can see people in the world that, you know, we, we're, we're the child of someone, right? We're the daughter and son of someone, and some are blessed more in that respect than others, right? Some, you know, are born into a family of wealth, and they get blessed with riches, right? Uh, a lot of them end up squandering it, but that's something they get. Others of us are born in poverty, perhaps. And that's something that we have to overcome. But in Christ, we all are rich, rich in blessings that we receive through him, not monetarily, not financially, I'm not talking about that, but in the blessings that we have in the hope of eternal life with him. Do you ever think about that? Being with him in heaven in front of, with the host of angels singing, the great light that's going to be there, the great glorious show that we're going to see. I mean, I can't imagine what that's like, but that's what we have to look forward to. And in this life, he said, as in the end of John, the last chapter of John, we can have abundant life. These words John wrote that we might have life abundant. So we can thrive while we're here on earth. We can uh, bask in those riches. We can glory, we can glory in, the God, in the glory of God in his light as his children. And then these last three chapters, we're going to get into more about Paul. Well, Paul's going to get into talking about how we are to act. What are we supposed to do because of these great blessings and these great riches that we've received? We're going to get into chapter 5, and we're still going to notice how we are to walk worthy of the calling by which you were called. You see, we have these riches, we have these glorious treasures in Christ, but we are called, right? We are called to do something with them. We have gifts that we are given. We have blessings. We are loved by God, but we are also to put that into practice, right? And he's going to talk more about that today in chapter 5. We read in chapter 4, well, actually, um, we read in the first three chapters how we are to be called, we are to be called, been called to be holy and without blame, for him in love, that's uh, ch chapter 1, verse 4. We are called to be sons by Jesus Christ to himself. In chapter 2, we are called to be fellow citizens with the saints. And remember, he's talking to uh, the Gentiles here, not so much the Jews, but most of the folks in Ephesus would have been Gentile Christians, right? He's also talking about how they are called to be members of the household of God, that universal church, that universal household of Jews and Gentiles together. And then also in chapter 2, we are to be the holy temple in the Lord. We have the Spirit living within us, our bodies, our, our being is the temple of God. And as a group, we are that one holy temple of the Lord living in us. We are fellow heirs of the same body, as he mentioned in chapter 3. 
and partakers of his promise in Christ. This promise that we have that we will be raised again in, in a glorified body, whatever that is, to live eternally with God. What a glorious promise that is, right? What a wonderful hope we have in Christ. And he talked constantly about how we are in him. We have nothing if we are not in Christ. Well, we talked this about walking worthy of the calling which we're called. What, what sort of walk is, is he talking about here? What sort of walk is worthy of such a calling? Well, in chapter 4, we looked at a little bit, looked at that a little bit. One was a walk that is together in unity, right? We are to be unified, not divided, not divisive. We are to be together in this. One, moving forward, working in the kingdom together. You know, I've heard it many times, the house divided, you know, will fall, right? We have to be together in our goals of furthering the kingdom while here on earth. And then the last part of chapter 4, which we talked about last week, was walking in truth and holiness. We have to be Understanding the word, the truth, what God wants for us, and being holy people. Being like Christ who was holy. Being like God who was holy, right? We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. We're going to come into the fifth chapter, and we're going to learn a few more things about our walk or our conduct, which is worthy of our calling, right? Worthy of the calling by which you have been called. In chapter 5, the first few, few, first few verses, he's going to talk about walking in love, right? Walking in love. And then that second part of the chapter is going to talk about walking as light. And the third part is going to talk about walking as wise or walking in wisdom. Let's turn over to chapter 5 there and let's begin reading. Ephesians chapter 5 and let's begin reading in verse 1. He says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. All right. First seven verses, he's talking about walking in love. What, what does he mean by this? Well, it's pretty, pretty obvious, right? We, we, know what, we know what he's talking about here. Following Christ is our example, right? Jesus certainly has loved us. He lowered himself a little lower than the angels. I mean, think about that. He, he didn't have to do that, right? He was glorified in heaven with the Father, with the Spirit, being ministered to by all these multitude of angels, right? Why would he do this? Why would he come down to earth and have himself sacrificed, suffering for us, us lowly, sinful human beings? What was the point? Well, he had a great love he loved his creation. He loved us so much so that he would offer himself as an offering and sacrifice on our behalf. Turn over to John chapter 13. 
We, we've read this several times, actually, when we were studying John. Let's go read it again, just to remind ourselves. John chapter 13. <clears throat> and beginning in verse 31. John 13. Let's begin in verse 31. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, we, un we know that verse. You've heard it a million times, right? But he's talking about the fact that he's about to be sacrificed. He's about to go and be sacrificed for their sins. They don't understand it. They don't know what's going to happen. But he's talking about that great love. You are to have this love for each other. Even though at that time when he says this is not fully understood, they're going to realize later what he's talking about. And that's what Paul is trying to get across here. You are to have the same love, the same type of love that Christ had for each of you. Let his example teach us how to walk in love. Jesus spent his whole time, his, the last part of his life here, ministering to those who are following him, teaching them the things of, of God, the things of the truth, right? He came here to bear witness of the truth, loving them, showing them what it is like to live abundantly. And that wasn't abundantly in riches on earth, right? He, he was pretty poor, right? He didn't have a whole lot of possessions. But he knew who he was, and he knew where he was going. And that's all he needed. And he showed those who followed him that great love because of that. We are to have that same love. Our love should be free from any hint of immorality or greed. He talks about that, right? If we're going to have love for one another, if we're going to teach each other how to love the love of Christ, we have to be free from all these un, uh, immorality or greed from sin, basically. We need to be walking like Christ. Even words or things we say can be sinful, right? Do you ever participate with, with your friends just hanging out somewhere and talking, you know, telling jokes that are kind of risque or, or, I don't know, participating in stuff that's kind of dirty? Have you ever done that? Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. As Christians, what kind of example do we set if we're going to try to show love to the world by our love for each other, as Christ says there in John, and then we participate in the things of the world? Fornication, immorality. Greediness, covetousness, right? We can't be doing these things and professing to be a lover of Christ at the same time. This is a serious concern for immoral, greedy persons have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't that what we're looking forward to? Remember, he said in the first part, you are adopted sons of God. You are in Christ. You are children of God. You have an inheritance coming. You were born into the kingdom of heaven. Did you know that? When you were 
baptized, raised as the news of life, you were reborn into the kingdom of God. You now have that inheritance coming because of that. Don't walk in ways of the world. Walk in ways of the kingdom. Or else you're going to lose that great inheritance that you've been promised. Interesting, right? That's a serious concern. He's saying, don't do that. Instead, you are going to experience the full wrath of God if you do. Be careful. Walk in love, a love that is sacrificial and free from any hint of personal gain. <clears throat> that's the kind of love, that's the kind of walk that's worthy of our calling. We've been called to be separate from the world. We've been sanctified, set apart, and we are being called to serve in a way that glorifies God. We've talked about that many times. Are you doing that in your lives? Is your life something that you could say, I am glorifying God in everything that I do? Well, our walk also uh, bears the responsibility of being a person or a positive influence on other people, right? That's something we have to consider wherever we are, in our families, in our jobs, whatever we're doing. What else is he talking about here? Let's read on there in chapter 5, and we'll begin in uh, verse 8, where he talks about something else we're to walk in. Verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And by the way, that verse 14, many scholars believe that was a baptismal hymn in the first century that they would sing or say when someone was baptized. Interesting, it kind of refers back to Isaiah. It's not exactly quoted, but it's Isaiah in uh, chapter 26, I believe. Uh, you'll see in Brown verse 19, it's kind of similar to what Isaiah prophesies about how God will raise us from the dead. We will be light. <laughs> Interesting concept, right? Walking as light. We are now light in the Lord. What do we mean by that exactly? What does that mean to be a light in the Lord? Turn over to chapter 2 of Ephesians there, and let's read something we have already looked at, but I want to remind, remind each of us. Chapter 2, Ephesians 2 and verse 1, he says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Before coming to Christ, he's saying they were in darkness. They were in the dark. But now they are light in the Lord. So when you become a Christian, when you become a child of God, when you're accepted as a full member of the body of Christ, you are now a light to the world shining on that darkness, shining on the great evil, the great 
licentiousness, the great immorality, covenants that goes on, fornication. <clears throat> I mean, today people don't even think about shacking up anymore, do they? People don't even think about lying about their business partners to further themselves, do they? It's just something we do. It's just something that everybody does. I, I work with folks. They got kids like my kids. And they talk about, yeah, my, my daughter just moved in with her boyfriend. Yeah. Well, you know, they're married. No, no, no they're not going to get married. You know. I, I, can't, I can't even fathom that thought, right? But that's the way the world is. Right? And he's saying, you once were part of that. You once were in darkness, just like we were. We were in darkness. Now we are to walk as children of the light. The fruit that's expected of the children of light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. We are to be good. We are to be carrying ourselves in a way that the world can see the truth. That's what that light's all about. The truth, they can see Christ. Just like he said in John 13, the world will know you by your love for each other. That love that we have for him, the love we have for each other, we create that light that shines on the darkness of the world. And by the way, what happens when the light turns on in the basement when the roaches and the rats are down there? Not that you got roaches and rats in your basement. But yeah, they scatter, don't they? They don't like it too much, do they? They get mad. And then when you corner them, they bare their teeth, right? And they kind of get in tack mode. Well, I know that's kind of over, overacting there, but that's the way the world is, isn't it? They don't like having their deeds shown out because they know, deep down they know they're living a life that's not good. Paul talked about it in Romans 1. Even the Gentiles knew about God simply by creation. Those who live in darkness know they are in darkness. Their conscience is seared, whatever you want to say about it, but they don't like having that light shine on their sin. By bearing such fruit, we fulfill our role as light by demonstrating what is well-pleasing to the Lord. Simply by living our lives in the light, we demonstrate what God wants. We demonstrate to the world what the truth is, what love is, what the love of God is, that great love that he would send his son to die for us. And as that light, we must necessarily expose the darkness. We're not to have fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. Fornicators, uncleanness, coveters, doesn't mean we ha can't live in the world. We have to live in the world, right? We're here, we are in the world, but we are set apart. I've emphasized this many times, right? We are not of the world. We are now of the kingdom. We are not to have fellowship with those who are fornicators, uncl practice uncleanness, and covetousness. Instead, we are to expose those. And that doesn't mean we have to go out and, you know, tell everybody they're sinners damned to hell. We are to expose them by the way we live, by the way we live our lives. So, live your life in a way that's a light to the Lord. You need to be a light um, that shows we are coming only from Christ. Now, Christ gives light to those who are spiritually asleep and dead. We just read that in verse 14. It comes from Him. It's not a light that we have within us. 
We were dead in our sins. We were in the darkness before. But now we have that light from Christ, that light that comes from Him, and we are to let it shine. I know that's the old children's song, right? We've heard that our whole lives. But it's very true. John said in chapter 1, the light came into the world and shone in the darkness. That's a contrast that we constantly see in the Bible, in the Scripture, right? Light and dark. Those in the world are in the dark. Those that are in Christ are in the light. And that's how we are to walk. Walking in the way that's worthy of our calling. We've been called to be like Christ. We now have that light that comes from Him. And now we need to continue to walk that way. And that, that's an awesome responsibility, isn't it? I mean, some decide to go back into the dark, don't they? Some decide to they don't want to shine that light anymore. They let their lives get back in the dark. Perhaps they're not paying attention enough. Perhaps they're not being diligent enough about their lives, and they turn back, right? We've got to be careful. The devil is everywhere, right? He's trying to snare us all. That's something we have to be careful about. We are still in the world. We can still have sin in our lives, and, and, and I'm not saying we're not going to have sin, but we can turn back to that willful life of darkness, right? Turn away from the spiritual life that we should be living. And this last part is going to kind of refer to that a little bit of how that can happen and so forth. Let's continue to read in chapter 5 there, beginning in verse 15. He says, See that, see then, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. This last section, he's saying walk. You need to walk as wise. To walk worthy of your calling is to walk as being wise or walk in wisdom. What exactly does he mean by that? What exactly does he talk about there? Well, the word translated as circumspectly means exactly, accurately, or diligently. Right? In other words, we are not to walk just willy-nilly, just, you know, devil may care. We're, we're not to just go through life, whatever happens will happen. We are to be thinking about what we're doing. We are to be considering what we're doing. We are to be seeking out the Word of God so we can know what the truth is and how we are to live. We're to be diligent about it. Every day we should be seeking out what God wants in our lives, how we're supposed to walk, how we are to be that light, right? How we are to show that love for each other. This congregation, we have wonderful servants here, the wonderful people who have love for each other. I've seen it in practice. I've seen it uh, in private, some of you would not know anything about. And I see that great love that people have for each other, and that's what we're talking about. The love that people would go out of their way to take care of someone else, not their family, not someone that they've known all their lives, but simply because it's what they are called to do. 
I see that happen all the time. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's what we're talking about here. Living a life that's thinking about the right thing to do all the time. Not just living and going along. Now, I would say, as you grow as Christians, right, as you mature, as you continue to live, you probably don't have to think about it as much anymore, right? It should become so ingrained in your life that it's just automatic. But you can't let your guard down. You cannot just go around and thinking, I'm going to live the way I need to live, just, you know, whatever's going to happen. You've got to think about it. It's something you have to plan to do. <laughs> Unlike fools, as he says here, who care little about whether they're going or what's happening. In fact, they just walk around drunk, I guess, is what he said, which is dissipation. We're not like fools who walk around just drunk all the time who just don't care what happens. Do you know people that do that? I'm not, I'm not saying they walk around drunk all the time, but they let their lives get into a mess, don't they? Because they're not following the truth. They don't care what the truth is. You know, you get into, I don't know, drugs, uh, situations in their lives where they have to have some help to get out of, and for some reason they don't seem to ever get out of it. You know, that's what he's talking about here. Not going through life just, I don't know, fat, dumb, and happy. That's the only phrase I can think of. But that's what he's talking about here. Being diligent about your life, planning, thinking on what it means to walk in the light, walk in wisdom. This is necessary because, as he said here, the days are evil. The world is evil. And you can say, well, I've, I can't imagine, I mean, being any worse than today, right? The world is so corrupt. But in the first century, it was pretty corrupt, too. There's nothing new under the sun, as Solomon said, right? And that's what he's saying. The days are evil. The world's evil. The world is the snare of the devil. Be careful about how you live your life. Be wise. Don't be foolish. Live your life in a way that shines that light. Understanding the will of the Lord, and only by understanding this will of the Lord can we be a wise people. We're, we're just human beings in the flesh. We're not perfect. We don't know everything. How do we get to be wise? Knowing the word. He's told us how to live. He's told us and shown us how to live, right? Therefore, we need to be in the word. It should be something that you plan to do. Not just saying, ah, I'll study next week. Or, I don't have time today. I got too much work to do. I'll study in March next year. No. It's something we are planning to do. It should be the first thing you plan to do every day. Whether it's study, whether it's prayer, whether it's service, that should be something on, foremost on your mind. I know you were saying, oh, that's crazy. I can't do that all the time. You do a lot of other things all the time, right? Maybe you need to think about your priorities then. Maybe you need to be thinking about walking in wisdom and walking in light in your life. Understanding the will of God. Turn over to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, and let's read something Moses had to say about that. Deuteronomy chapter 4. 
Let's just read something here real quick. This is back when Moses was uh, giving out the law and, and to the Israelites. And chapter 4, and he's telling the Israelites some stuff they need to do. Let's begin there in verse 1. It says, Now, Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live and go and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal, pure, for the Lord your God has destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal of pure. But you who held fast to the Lord, your God, are alive today. Every one of you. In other words, your God delivered you. Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should act according to them in the land which you go to possess. Therefore be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Here we have Moses saying the same thing that Paul's telling the, people, the brethren in Ephesus. Your God delivered you. Your God saved you. Therefore, walk in wisdom. Walk in light. Walk in love. And you know what? The people around you are going to say, wow, what a great God these people serve. Because of the way they live their lives. Paul's not saying anything new. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. He's saying the same thing that Moses told the Israelites. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, Brother John. Amen. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. Brother Jim's talking about walking in the heavens like the song. Does anybody know the number? He can't find it. But anyways, we know the song. Yeah, walking in heavens like do the shed the wrong and do the right. Absolutely. 
This should be something we are planning to do in our families, in our lives, in everything that we do. Absolutely. This, this lesson needs to be something we hear a lot of, right? <laughs> and Kyle does a good job of bringing us great lessons. And, and, and really, every lesson, we should be getting this, that we need to live according to the light, right? Walk in wisdom, just like the Israelites did. Exactly. Amen. Thank you for that. One thing I want to point out, though, as he continues here in the end of this chapter, he says, to walk in light, to walk in wise, requires something, right? And it requires being filled, not with wine, as he mentions here, but being filled with the Spirit, all right? We've talked about being that holy temple, right? The Spirit living within us, the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say a few things about that, how that manifests itself. One of those... And let's go back and let's just go back and read it real quick. Um, for we are members of. Uh, I'm sorry, I went too far. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. What's one way we are to manifest that? Singing and hymns to the Lord, making the melody in our heart to the Lord. That's one way to do it. What's another way? Giving thanks always for the things to God the Father. <clears throat> we need to be grateful. We, if we are grateful to the Father, what He's done for us, we're probably going to want to do what He wants, right? We're probably going to want to walk in the light. We're probably going to want to be wise in things we do in our lives. And the last one, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Being humble, servants to each other. That's how that gets manifested. You want to know what it means to be walking in the light? What wisdom, how to have wisdom? Right there, he just told us a few things. Simple things. Singing and making a melody in your heart. If you don't want to sing in church, what's that say about your spirit? I know, sometimes you don't know the songs, maybe. But you ought to be wanting to sing out because of what he's done for you. And guess what? When you get to heaven, we're going to be doing a lot of that. And it's going to be wonderful. So you should be wanting to do that. You should be wanting to serve one another. You should be so thankful for what he's done that you'd be willing to die for him. Are we that way? Are we that far along that we would be willing to die for one another knowing that we have the inheritance coming? Or perhaps we're still kind of hanging out in the darkness, one foot in the light, one foot in the dark. Might be something you need to think about today, right? To walk according to that light. Walk not as fools. Singing praises. Yes, sir. Oh, I, I'm not one to lead a song. <laughs> but, well, maybe we'll mention this. Maybe we got a minute here. Let me finish one point here. As children of God, we who delight in singing praises, giving thanks always, submitting to one another in the fear of God, we demonstrate that we are filled with the Spirit, right? And as such, we are truly followers of God as dear children. That's all he's saying here. He's telling them, as your children of God, as you've been blessed with riches of God, you are now to walk in the light, walk according to the calling that you've been called, with love, with light, and with wisdom. All right, before we leave, who wants to lead it? Help. Okay, I'll, I'll mention a song later. Maybe we'll get it during our worship service. How about that? 273, right? All right. Okay. I hope you got a good 
good uh, information on this today. This is something that we can take in our lives to help us grow. Time is up.